We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! How are you? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We also like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, some thoughts on news of the day, or something completely different. And this is one of our fun bonus episodes covering uh, something pretty specific here. It's a, it's kind of a Spielberg special. We are finally going to talk to Fablemans. Uh, we're going to provide our review and thoughts and more on that film. Uh, but before we get to all that, uh, because it's just Dave and I this week and uh, for this this bonus episode, uh, we mm-hmm. want to talk about the new trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Mm. So first things first, we have a title <laughs> for the yes. Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Before we get to it the used trailer. It used to be called Indy 5. Yeah. Before, before we get to that, Abe, I don't want to hear what What do you think of the title of this movie? I so I misread it at first. I was like, oh, Dal M for Destiny. But I was like, no, <laughs> be a that's weird Hitchcock pun. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's actually a really clever title. I was like, Dal M for Destiny. That doesn't make any sense. But I'm into it. And then I read closer. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Dial of Destiny. Um, so also where they thought it was Dial M for a word that starts with D. <laughs> <laughs> We watched too many movies, but uh, I I think I'm okay with the title. I it, it doesn't like super intrigue me like you know Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, but at the same time I'm curious to see what they're gonna be doing to try what whatever this dial is. What about you? Uh, here's my hot take: every title for an indie movie means nothing to me. <laughs> um, I, Fascinating. I okay. The the only the only opinion I have on the titles is that it, it helps me identify which one I am which talking about. Is. Uh, I, I have never <laughs> thought strongly about the idea of it being called Raiders of the Lost Ark or Temple of Doom and thinking that's a cool title. It's just more of, yeah, yeah. yeah it's that one. Um, it's, it's never <laughs> it's never occurred to me to judge the thing based off of how it, you know, sounds coming out of my mouth, basically. So I fascinating. See, I see Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny. I'm like, great. Pulpy title. We got it. Cool. Now I can know what to call mm-hmm. it. That's that's and that's the end of my thought on the titles of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> with the, with the one exception being it works out. With the one exception being, yes, it very much does piss me off when people call it Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark because that is not the title of that movie. That's not the title. Yeah, Period, they, 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 they get that wrong at a bar trivia quiz. They get it wrong in a lot of places these days, yeah. and like, and, and generally, I'm like, you should know better. Um, so. Now, is it called Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yes, it is. Okay, so that's the only one with the and then, right? Oh no, they're is all it? ands. They're not. They're not ends. They're ends. Indiana they're Jones ends. and the and. Temple of Doom. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. It's it's and it's always and the. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we cleared that up. It, it was very important. I'm glad yes. we did. It's funny because we, you know, we did an we did a, we did an episode on Indiana Jones, the whole series, way back near when we first started this show. Like I believe it was like mm-hmm. early 2012. It was because Raiders of the Lost Ark not Indiana Jones of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, came out um, in its, like, special, like, 30th anniversary thing. It had, like, they had a... I remember I saw it in the... They they played, like, all four films back-to-back, which I saw at AMC. But oh, yeah, they had, yeah. Like, I remember, they I remember a, when they used to do that. Yeah, but they had a new, like, restored version of Raiders. Um, yeah. And so we took it upon ourselves. VU, I believe Alan Aguilera was on that for sure. There's one other person, mm-hmm. I believe, as well. Uh, we talked about all the films. Jim Carrey. And, and then we... Basically, just never talked about Indiana Jones again. <laughs> like, that's kind of how, like, you know, obviously we reference it or whatnot, but it's never been like a major, like, we haven't done any commentaries for any of them. Like, it's never been like a major topic of conversation since then. Uh, so I think now, in large part because they, they're they're on you know top shelf category where it's like, how much more can we talk about them? Because everybody's talked about them to death. Exactly. Uh, 
That, but, that's a big you know, that's a big part of it for sure. It's like, yeah, you can only it, be, yeah. just be just like, well, if we were to watch it and comment on it, we would just end up just watching it because we'd be like, This is incredible. I mean, to be fair, we've done a number of classics where it it is that, but it's also yeah. still us having fun. Like, you know, T two, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Like we've done we've done this, but I, I wouldn't I have no doubt we'll probably do a commentary <laughs> for Anita Jones when when the Dial of Destiny comes out. What but, uh, what a tease. What yeah. a tease. Yeah. With with all of this in mind. Let's get into the the trailer for this movie, and let's start with some setup stuff first. Yeah. Uh, most notably, this movie is not directed by Steven Spielberg, but James Mangold. Yeah. Um, Steven Spielberg has stepped down from the director chair, uh, he, as as well as Lucas, for that matter. Lucas is not involved. They are both involved on the executive produce, producer uh, standing, but mm-hmm. outside of that, uh, they're not a. It's not the triumvirate of uh, Spielberg, Ford, and Lucas. It is merely just Ford. Uh, doing it for the love of the game, uh, basically at this point, like he just likes playing this character. I hope so. Uh, but so we have James Mangold, director of some films such as uh, Logan, Ford v Ferrari, Three Ten to Yuma, uh, among others. Yeah. Um, it is uh, written by James Mangold along with Jez Butterworth and John Henry Butterworth. Those two they wrote uh, Ford v Ferrari as well, and I think they had like a hand in Edge of Tomorrow and uh, Spectre, among other things. Uh, so we have all that. Then we have, of course, Harrison Ford starring in this film and a number of stars. We have Phoebe Waller-Bridge, John Rhys-Davies is back as Sala, mm-hmm. Mads Mikkelsen, Toby Jones, Boyd Hallbrook, Antonio Banderas, Thomas Kretschmann. It's a uh, a lot of, a lot of a lot of names going yeah. on here. So, with all of that said, this trailer um, we have here it's we know it's set in the '60s. We know we have Indiana Jones. He's obviously a bit older. What what do you think? What do you think of what you've seen so far? I. I'm okay with it. Just everything that you said. First of all, I have I have James Mangold stock for sure. He's a director that I that I will root for. I think that he's proven himself to be a pretty competent guy to uh, make movies that a have uh, action, but also b have meaning. Uh, you know, as evidence in Logan, kind of just taking that the mantle over and really being giving us a pretty solid superhero flick. But with Indiana Jones, uh, Dial and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, it's just <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. I had, I had to check myself for a second, but it it's. I think that it's. I'm curious to see how it goes. It cannot be worse than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, right? Uh, so I I'm. It I think the thing that kind of threw me off on it and kind of gave me some pause is some of the de aging stuff, but maybe like in the sequence of the movie as I'm watching it, I won't I won't hone in on it as much. But they set up some pretty cool things. You know, you've mentioned a, a huge cast of characters here. First of all, I wouldn't trust Toby Jones just because I've seen uh, Captain America. But who knows? I mean, I think he was introduced in the previous one as like a good guy. Um, but uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge here as as the, no, he was he God. was always bad. Uh, Toby oh, Jones. was he? Okay, yes, he was a nuts. Okay, that, a that's why. Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No wonder I don't trust him. Uh, not even as Truman Capote. But um, there, there was a uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge as the goddaughter of, of Indiana Jones, which I like that they're just not like this is your estranged daughter, like they they pulled for us in the previous movie. But on the whole, here I I don't mind it, and I'm very curious to see where it goes because uh, I'm an indie fan, and I like that it, that Harrison Ford is back in his game. Like I, I think you and I talked about um, uh, it wasn't White Fang, it was like what was that john call of the uh, wild call of the wild thank you yeah where i was like you know harrison ford's like he's a gruff guy but he's he's kind of like having a good time with the cg dog uh maybe like a real dog at times so i, I like that he's kind of just 
I'm Harrison Ford. I know that I'm a I'm a movie star, and I don't really have to do this, but here I am just doing it. Unless he does have to do this for like you know his love of uh, uh, airplanes and earrings. But um, I'm curious to see where it's gonna go. But yeah, how about you? So I like all of the Indiana Jones movies, all of them. That said, my ranking has continually been one, two, three, four. So right. I don't want that to necessarily be the to continuation of this thing. Um, I'd like there just to be a you know a, a solid Indiana Jones film overall, especially given that we don't have Steven Spielberg, we have James Mangold. I like James Mangold. Yeah. I'm with you. I think he's made a number of films that I really enjoy. I like that he has mm-hmm. this kind of journeyman quality to him, much like Steven Spielberg. It's not hard to see why Spielberg would reach to someone like Mangold for a film like this, mm-hmm. um, and he has done competent action as well, which is you know certainly required for a film like this. Um, the concern that I have, like, I'll get there. Let's see. They, no, okay. So the the concern that I have is, will this be special? Um, and by that I mean, is this going to be you know a Indiana Jones movie where I feel like the magic of having Indiana Jones presented to me on screen, a legendary character who starred in three classics and one that's like lesser regarded i like it but i don't i'm not in love with it sure um will this be another entry that feels special for reasons beyond just the fact that there is another one so far this trailer is not necessarily telling me that it looks more like hey there's an action movie that happens to have this guy in it now this is a teaser trailer and we're a long way away from this movie actually opening. So I can't right. blame it for not like blowing me away. It's, you know, it, you know, not every trailer is going to do that. Am I happy to see where Harrison Ford back in the saddle as Indiana Jones? Of course I am. He's Harrison Ford. He's the, yeah. one, of the, one of the best movie stars of all time. Um, as far as like what I'm looking at, I will say if my biggest sticking point with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the fact that I think Janice Kaminsky did a really bad job filming that movie as far as how mm-hmm. it looks. I think it's a, very, very bad. Like I have little issue with the story uh, beyond pacing stuff as far as what they're doing with it. It's more yeah. of I just don't think it looks very good. That's my biggest issue with Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Right, um, right. So I'm hoping um, that Mangold and I believe a uh, fade on Papa Michael. He uh, who's done a number of he's he's done a long list of films. I'd like to hope that the spirit of Douglas Lacombe's cinematography from the first three films is kept more in mind this time around. Yeah. Um, because that's really what I like about Indiana Jones, this kind of rough and tumble quality that each the, those first three do have, that, that, that they right. feel like adventure films to me. They feel like these pulpy adventures. If it can capture that on film, that's what I'm looking for. Like, they also feel like of their time, meaning like in the storyline, like sure. it feels like the 50s when you're watching Indiana yeah. Jones uh, and uh, The Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. I, I didn't mean and the, I just meant like, you know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know you're the dancing first there. One, I was referencing the first one. <laughs> yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I was like, it, it certainly has like this film stock quality of just like this looks like it's old. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I will note, despite the slowed down version, because that's all the rage, it's still nice to hear the music. Like it's here hearing, <laughs> hearing the score come on, it's like, yes, give me this. Puts yeah. on the hat, grabs the whip, like that that kind of you know, that iconography is it's iconography for a reason because it just, it's with you. So it's like, cool. Give me at the very least, if we're giving me something that's entertaining, I'm great with that. As far as you mentioned the, the aging effects, as far as the effects go, like the thing with, for one thing, it's still a while off. It's so. early. Right. But um, the thing about Indiana Jones, which is 
it, it makes me cha- it challenges me so much with Crystal Skull is each of those movies, those first three, were made with what was at the time considered the latest and greatest in visual effects. So mm-hmm. I don't begrudge a movie for using what would be deemed the latest and greatest, which would be stuff like yeah. de-aging and what have you to make it look like it's this kind of out-of-this-world thing that happens to be a period adventure film. Like, that's the cool thing about Indiana Jones. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's this pulpy adventure story, but it has the lost Ark, and look at these fucking ghosts coming out of the thing. Like, it's like, yeah, look <laughs> at these faces melting or, off. Or, like, this face melting, exactly. exactly yeah, so yeah. it's like, I'm not against And, and that's actually, using, like, also, yeah. like, a Spielberg-ish type of, of trait and quality of just, like, I'm going to try and experiment with things. That's why uh, yeah, he exactly. and Zemeckis are, are fun guys to watch, mm-hmm. because they, they like to experiment with technology i mean what was spielberg's most recent experimentation with technology ready player one he's just like let me just create everything like mocap and also cg but also make it look incredible like that that shiny sequence is top notch like you could you could think that that's actually a real film uh when you're watching that sequence it's the kind of thing where these are guys that are you know they're coming from an age where they admire so many directors of old and they make films that you know certainly you know looking at the raiders films is like a howard hawks movie but it's still made with 1981 technology in mind so mm-hmm. it's i that ha- that certainly has my curiosity with the dial of de- with the dial of destiny like i want to see <laughs> what that combination i like is. that i'm like i've introduced us stumbling over these titles now i apologize <laughs> to, to for your brain like having to correct itself by getting it right so are we excited for this i'd like to think that we are um and we have i think from the pure standpoint of an indiana jones movie yes and yes. then and everything I, I, that you've identified is is things that i've looked at too for sure. And I'd like to, I'll just add that I, I'd like to think that I give a lot of benefit of the doubt based off the people involved in this. So that's certainly a sway. Are you talking about the it's, EPs or are you talking about Mangold? Well, just everybody involved. I mean, there's okay. there's no one on this list where I'm like, I don't know about this. Like everybody okay. involved in this is like they've all produced good to great work. So it's like, right. cool, let's let's see yeah. what comes from all of this. If Spielberg's not going to direct an Indiana Jones movie, it's not like he's going to be like, get whoever you want. He's going to, you know, make a choice that may, that makes sense. Yeah. So I I look forward to seeing Mangle take on what, you know, isn't the easiest of challenges, take over the reins of Indiana Jones. I want to see what he does with that. Right. Uh, Indiana excited. Jones and the Dial of Destiny <laughs> arrives in theaters June 30th, 2023. Wow. Okay. That's I know that that's like half a year away, but also we're at the end of 2022 already. So I'm just uh-huh. like, I guess it's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. So there's our there's a little bit of Spielberg talk right there. Let's get to some more of it now with our review for The Fablemans. You dismiss what he does. It's playful or imaginative. You could afford to be a little encouraging. She should have been a concert piano player. What she got in her heart is what you got. You can't just love something, you also have to take care of it. It's more important than your hobby. Can you stop calling it a hobby? Mom got a monkey. Why'd you get a monkey? Because I needed a laugh. You always have to be the center of attention. Stop shouting at her! That has been nothing but disrespect from you. I'm your mother! Family, art. It'll tear you in two. You stop making movies, it'll break your mother's heart. I don't know what to do anymore. You do what your heart says you have to. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for The Fablemans. For a couple of decades, Steven Spielberg has toyed with the idea of directing a film based on his early years. Finally, 
During the production of West Side Story, writer and frequent collaborator Tony Kushner managed to put together a screenplay with Spielberg, who's given his own writing credit for the first time since AI. The result is The Fablemans. In this film, we follow Sammy Fableman, the son of Jewish parents, one a former concert pianist, the other a computer engineer. As Sammy and his siblings grow older, the young man discovers a love of film as well as filmmaking. He begins to direct feature films with or no, films featuring his sisters and friends, and at the same time, various forms of drama occur with the family, including multiple moves and issues involving the parents. Abe, we've yes. seen Spielberg tackle aspects of his life by way of many of his features. That's right. What did you think of this coming-of-age story focused more directly on himself? So I thought this was a really interesting movie. Um, and I, I say that because as I was watching it, I I like that the character of Sammy Fableman, who is the avatar for Steven Spielberg, is there and in every scene and it's, it's you know, we're, we're being carried through the movie with him. And yet we're also kind of just, he, he also rests as a, a person that just allows these things to happen around him so that you can see how things unfolded, if that makes sense. Like we're, we're like, we're, we're physically there with him and yet we're kind of just watching him. It's, there's never like any crazy sequences where it's like, Oh, and then here's when like, I got really hardcore into like uh, film editing. It's like, there are scenes of film editing, but it's not like, it's not like my love of film. It was like, I film edited because like my father told me to go make this movie for my mom because she was sad. And so I felt forced to do it. Um, and then Judd Hirsch came into my room and told me to like, uh, that it's going to be difficult for me. It's like, so I, I found it fascinating as that kind of a vehicle of, let me explain things to you that happened to me by having myself in this movie. But the movie is also about these other characters instead. Like it's about my sisters, about my mom, it's about my dad. And I, that's where I think that there's a lot to really take out of this movie and say, I see why you did what you did in your other earlier movies. There's been a long clip or there has long since been a clip with uh, Steven Spielberg talking inside the, the actor studio uh, with James Lipton, where James Lipton points out something about um, close encounters, close encounters. Yeah. And like, that's a fascinating observation of just like, you actually have been subconsciously putting your parents in your movies anyway. And it's really cool to, to take that out um, and analyze it. And this one's just like a straight on like, well, this is this is my experience with it. Obviously, maybe some things are dramatized, but, you know, the core of it is there. And, and maybe some things are a little bit more cathartic just in terms of how he can speak to his parents through this movie. So, like, it, I think it's a pretty fascinating movie. Like, I'm glad that Steven Spielberg was able to do this. Like, I, I don't know if I super loved it, but I really enjoyed it. So that's where I am. Uh, I think this was pretty brilliant. I've watched it a couple times now, and it really works for me as far as him exploring the coming-of-age genre uh, in the most personal of ways and still making it look, like, entirely fabulous. <laughs> like in, mm-hmm. And not in, like, a glorified version as far as, like, everyone comes out sparkling or what have you, but in terms of just, th- like, there's not a movie that looks like this necessarily. Like, it just it feels like it has its own life to it in the way that he handles so many others because he's a journeyman filmmaker. He handles so many other genres and they feel distinctly like Spielberg films. Now he's taking on something that's not genre. It's just a coming of age story, but it still feels like distinctly a Spielberg film. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I, that there's so many aspects of why that works for me and what made that possible. But that starts with Kaminsky, who I've been so critical of in the past. Right. Um, but between this and West Side Story, it's like whatever is going on with these two, like keep that going because Kaminsky's on a roll right now, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm happy to see it because when I'm not decrying what he's done with Spielberg for the past 10 years, even how, regardless of how much I like the movie Spielberg has made in that time, um, I, 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 it's it's nice to see that a person that I very much know is capable of make of of shooting great looking films is doing that now. Sure. Um, on top of all that, you have just these wonderful performances all around. Uh, particularly this new kid Gabrielle Labelle who plays young Sammy, or I guess yeah. the high school Sammy, who is a pretty spitting image of young Spielberg, which I was aiming in like the way he holds himself and aspects like that. And we'll talk more about these yeah. performances, but I do like these performances quite a bit. Uh, but the, you know, the, the way this film is constructed, I re I really like, I hear what you're saying as far as Sammy's role in all of this. I definitely think in the first half, he's more reactionary. I do think in the second half, he takes more of a sure a stronger footing as far as guiding the story around him specifically. But I, I hear what you're saying as far as, yes, it is a film that is exploring aspects of where this guy came from and what he's doing through the things around him in his life. And mm -hmm. it's neat to see stories I've certainly heard about or read about over the years being portrayed in this way and done such yeah. an, in such an expert manner, uh, while also being like both entertaining, which this movie very much for a two and a half hour movie. This is a very entertaining film for. Yeah. That entire Editing is time. great. For sure, yeah. Michael Kahn and uh, his his frequent editor and uh, Sarah Brashar, um, it, you know, he has where just has like the best people to work with <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. So it's like, yeah, good, it's great. <laughs> oh yeah, all this you know, production production right. design is wonderful. The John, the score by John Williams, of course, is wonderful. Like it's all this stuff just yeah. comes together. Um, but having a film that's yeah, very entertaining, but also like sneakily complex as, as far as what's being presented to us. That's right. Like I. You know, it Spielberg is not young, um, but the fact that he's 70, 72, 76. Yeah, yeah, he's he's no Ridley Scott in his 80s, but he's certainly pulling this <laughs> off. But um, <laughs> the fact that he's doing this kind of stuff and making it feel innovative is just wild to me. And that that leads to a number of sequences where even if you've seen stuff like this before in coming of age dramas, whether it involves like parental drama or, mm -hmm. you know, friendships parting or forming or four versions of bullying or what have you. It just like feels unique to this film in the way that he's managing to do it. And I, you know, that's some kind of movie magic that Spielberg has certainly capitalized on for the decades he's been making films. And the fact that he's still doing it now remains impressive to me. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about that. So um, in terms of like some of the, the advancements in technology, I guess, what do you mean by that? Like, what were you seeing on this on the screen? That no, not like technology. I mean, in terms of like just the way he... He makes something as simple as a coming of age drama, like have a yeah. sense of wonder in it where like I am yeah. like the the way we see Sammy making his films and seeing them come to life. The films, they're, they, they somehow are amateur because, yes, it's a child making movies, but they're still like fascinating to look at. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and it's not like. You know, he made movies like he did this. Yeah. Like, were they yeah, exactly? He made they, he made home movies with the sisters. Were yeah. they this polished? I don't necessarily know, but I can't <laughs> imagine. But I can't imagine they looked that much different from what we're seeing here. Like, I hear what you're saying there. Yeah, it's it's. I, it's, I did like that wild. aspect of the movie where it was like, hey, by the way, I've always had this fascination with movies, mm -hmm. um, and like this this feel of like in, to be in control, and yet, like 
like what you're saying, there's very subtle things that are, that are out of his control. And that actually leads to some of the tension in the movie, which is great. But my point here is just more of, um, it's also a really fascinating read into how Spielberg just sees things, how he sees movies. Yes. How he's always seen it. And that's actually a really cool thing that's built in where he doesn't explore. And this is what I'm talking about earlier, where it's not like, oh, and then here's how we can get like, you know, blood squibs. Like, it's, it's just more like it just happens. Like, he's I, basically just like a savant mm-hmm. at making I, movies. Exactly. Exactly. And that's yeah. what I like about that is it doesn't need to like outright tell that, you know, he's not looking at the camera saying, I'm just great at this. It's just yeah. showing you this guy. The drama is never about whether or not he can pull off something for the sake of a movie. He just knows how to do it. He is a, he is a savant. That is exactly the right term for it. Like, and it, it and it's like any other movie you might not any other, but like other movies, there might need to be some kind of buy-in for that. But because it's Steven yeah. Spielberg, you're like, he just knows how to do it. I get it. Like, there's yeah. no there's no reason to base the story around whether or not he can pull something off. We just know he's going to pull it off. But it's like, what yeah. else is going on? Why That's... why is why is this war movie complicated? It's not because the war movie <laughs> itself is complicated. It's because he has other family drama going on in his life right now that he also has to contend with and make choices yeah. based on around that. Yeah, I think that that's actually a really neat aspect of the movie, which you could read as either Stephen Spielberg saying like, "I'm I'm pretty great, right?" Uh, or you could read it as, "Oh no, it's just an innate thing for him where he just sees things visually and had the courage to try and do things, you know, on his kid movie sets, um, just to explore further." And it's it's pretty great to see that kind of play out. Um, I kind of want to ask. It's, yeah, it's more ahead. fun. It's more fun to see those movies just be the thing that they are, as opposed to seeing drama involving the making of them. It's like I, yeah. I'm happy to seeing a western that has this amazing visual touch of how the gun looks like the guns are going off. The guns like, are actually being fired. Yeah. Like that's just cool for one thing. And if, it's like, there's yeah, other I think things that you're to- totally right about maybe other films not being having to have some sort of exposition, um, and then being like, mm-hmm. well, you know, Paul Dano in this movie who plays. Sammy's dad, um, he does ask him, how did you make the gunfire happen? He's like, I just poked holes through the through the film. And in other movies, maybe that's handled a little bit more clunkily or they mm-hmm. they have to like explain things in a way that just doesn't make any sense. I think the other built-in added thing value to this movie is that a lot of people know Steven Spielberg and a lot of people know his, his directing talents. Mm-hmm. So there's that, you know, we don't have to search too far or we don't have to reach too far to be like, well, how did he know how to, to make you know, explosions look real by digging holes and putting dirt on them. It's like, I don't know. I think we just go with it too. It'd be like making a, you know, a biopic about James Cameron and trying to build drama around whether or not Titanic and Avatar would be successes. It's like, what? <laughs> There's other ways to do to explore <laughs> this man than this. Like, that's not yeah. the thing that's going to generate a lot of tension here. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of where, uh, you know, going back to, to the story in general. Um, I do like that this story is, it's actually pretty linear, but it's also different. Like, I don't think that there's really ever a sense that I got where I was thinking to myself, oh, well, now he's going to be graduating from junior high to go to high school, and now he's going to get bullied. Like, here comes the bully. Like, that actually does happen, but it, it happens, like, for reasons, and that's where I, I dug it more, which is, like, it's not just because he decided to have, you know, a bully in his story. It's like, if you've ever heard him talk about duel, that's about being bullied. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not, it's, these are these are just him saying, let me express to you things that happened to me and then show them on the screen because they matter to me. And they, they I've come to grips with who I am as a person, as like a 70 some odd year old director. Um, and I, I want you to know that I, it wasn't great for me, but at the same time, like it, it helped me be the person that I am today, which 
is definitely mishandled than other movies about these time periods and or like you know these coming of age stories so well, that's that's the thing right there's not there's a there's not a preciousness to all of this like it's there's a a quality because he's Spielberg and he can't help himself as far as how good his movies look, but there's not a, you know, it's not just all rose colored glasses over every single thing that like, despite how how funny this movie is. It's also very messy in terms of where these characters are. Even by the end of this thing, while there's closure on the film as a whole, there's still a lot of like ambiguity to some degree as far as, so what's happening with certain people at this point? Like, where are we? Like, it's not, it's not leaving it in the sense that, you know, everyone, and then then everyone lived a happily ever after, uh, it, and that's part of why it took so long for him to make this film because of like him wanting to deal head first with what his parents went through, and right. wanting to make a film that can be respectful but also analytical, right? It, and that, I think the, I think the analytical part is very key. Mm-hmm. And with that, we should talk about these other performances, right? Like, I yes, I, I want to hear what you think of Young Spielberg as well. But like, we have Michelle Williams <laughs> and Paul Dano as his parents, and like, I, I. Given, you know, stuff I've seen of his parents, like beyond just being spitting images of them to various right. degrees, they just seem like these are his parents. Like it's yeah, not a surprise that I've Spielberg seen... casts well, but like, <laughs> he, yes, he did here. It's like, have you guys not seen him cast uh, young Elliot? Like, he knows what he's going for. He knows what he's looking for. I think with Michelle Williams and Paul Dano. Let me start with Paul Dano. Um, Paul Dano. Uh, He's an actor that we've seen in many things where he's got uh, a wet face because uh, it's always raining and or he's sweaty. Um, most recently, we saw him in The Batman. And uh, I in this movie, like Paul Dano continues to show some of his range here. I, I dug that this character is a very thoughtful, analytical guy. Like that's his dad, the electrical engineer, right? Um, and he's borderline genius maybe because he's he's doing basically computer programming before like the the computer boom um which they moved to silicon valley for but i i like that paul dano is a very understated guy and i i don't think i want to get into like the spoiler here but there's um there's certainly something that happens like that's more understanding of the relationship with paul dano and his wife michelle williams and steven spielberg or sammy in this case and I I really dug that Spielberg was like, I'm gonna tackle this in the in it, it's gonna be difficult for me to tackle this, but I need to tackle it. Um and I guess the example here would be like we've seen ET and we've seen at a period in Steven Spielberg's life, he was just like, My my father left us. Um and ET has very much like that influence of like, no, my father is he went ran off with the secretary to go to Mexico or whatever, right? Um, and in this movie, you're just like, he's, he's old enough to know what happened and how much, how, how loving his father was. And I, I, I love that part of it. Like, I, I love that there was, it's again, very subtle. So Dano plays it very low key, but you know, like just what, how he's delivering it. Mm. That was pretty, pretty good. And then Michelle Williams, I was like, I, I, I like Michelle Williams. Like, I'm not really sure as the movie was starting and then like the movie kept going and they get to like the campfire stuff and they're like this is fucking phenomenal like michelle williams is like fucking knocking this out of the park and then she gets like this giant arc uh toward the middle of the movie and i'm like this is i can see why there's uh some some bidding wars for which category she's going to be in for um academy awards or best actors or best supporting but yeah i thought that she was really phenomenal what would you think of this too i uh you, you... 
as has been explored here, I, I'm not the biggest Paul Dano fan in a general sense. It's not a matter of I don't, you know, want to see him in movies, just more if he doesn't necessarily excite me when new movies come out. That's not sure. the thing that's going to get me to the theater. Um, but I do recognize when he's very good and he's very good in a lot of things. Uh, here, I also find him to be uh, in right in the zone of where he needs to be as this character. I like that it's very understated. I like that it's a person who acts like a computer engineer would. That's the way his mind works and that's the way right. his personality matches. Um, there is a quality there that given the relationship he has with both his wife and his best friend, Benny, uh, the way we come to realize certain things, I enjoy how Dano doesn't need to do too much to convey where he's going through and how sure. it connects to the rest of the family. I want you to make a camping trip movie. Uh, you can learn how the editing machine works while you do this. It'll make your mom feel better. Yeah. That last night when she danced in the headlights, that'd be great. Get to it tomorrow, okay? Um. Tomorrow's when we start shooting. <laughs> Escape to nowhere. We're shooting all weekend. Shooting Dad, next weekend. We got like forty guys coming to be in the movie. I'll, I'll work on all the camping trips up on Monday. I'm asking you to do this now for your mom. Yeah, She's... and I said that I will, just not tomorrow. Don't Please. be selfish. She just lost her mother. That's more important than your hobby. Dad, can you stop calling it a hobby? It'll cheer her up watching this. It's something we can her do. Her mom just to... died. It's, it's, how is that going to cheer her up? Because you made it for her. As for Michelle Williams, I do think she's quite good here. It's the kind of thing where, given who Spielberg's mother is, I get what she's doing. At the mm -hmm. same time, it, it it's like, well, I feel like I see the work. But not, but not necessarily in a bad way. Like, because I, I think that's mm -hmm. part of the character. Like, Mitzi is a person that you know, there's maybe some undiagnosed things going on, things that just don't need to be like blurted out loud as far as who her character is. But like, she has a very performative type of attitude. Yeah. Um, and it's weird to like try to like get, like gauge how good a performance is on someone that has to act as though they are acting. Um, I don't know if that I see makes what you're sense. saying. That, so yeah, it's... I know what you mean. It reminds me of like my my point about unreliable, unreliable narrators in the Joker. Yes, that's a Phoenix's good character. That's that's a good that's a good uh, call. Uh, so it's yeah. like I don't th I certainly think she's doing a good job here. It is the kind of yeah. thing where it just it stick it it's the showier performance, and so it like it sticks out to me in ways where I'm like I appreciate what's going on here, uh, <laughs> but but because of the there are a number of, you know, really well done emotional sequences where I just it doesn't bother me anymore. It's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. There's so much else going on. There's a very large family discussion that takes place late in the film that's layered with a number of things as far as the emotions yeah. going on in the room, as well as what Sammy is seeing in front of him that I found to be just this like devastating moment. <laughs> so it's like, there's, right. there's, there's, that's there's a actually lot what happening. I found. Yeah, that's what I found the most interesting about that relationship is like, again, I've I've kind of through the early trades when I was like younger and we, we read up on these things. And even again, in the, in the filmography of Steven Spielberg, you, you see that there's like a strong mother character and it must've been very difficult for him to come to that realization as an adult, you know, sure. moving into adulthood and kind of just being like, 
I see all the moving pieces of the puzzle and I see where things were not as they were when I was 12 or 15 mm-hmm. um, or maybe even 17. And now that I'm like, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, and I've gone to therapy, I can kind of, and there is a moment in this movie where it just feels like it, it felt like a, a, a therapy session moment. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I, I, I like that aspect of the Michelle Williams's character of just, um, it deviates from what maybe Steven Silverberg had originally done in some, some of his older movies, but at the same time, it's like, it's a complicated relationship. It's, it's very, and truth be told, there, there are reasons why Michelle Williams has to like be so uh, quote unquote, like uh, actorly outlandish, you know, flighty in some, yeah. yeah, flighty in some of her things because she's got, she's got some stuff she has to do in this movie, man. And so mm-hmm. I, I see, like that aspect of her acting of having to kind of tightrope this this line of of who she is and maybe where she wants to go and then Steven Spielberg also imbuing this character with by the way you know I I want you to play this as straight because you know you're a mom but also I want you to play this as like you're just like this woman who's just trying to figure herself out too um that's that's kind of difficult to do I, I would say but uh, Michelle Williams I agree with you that you know like that performance scene in the woods is, is pretty showy, but at the same time, like it, I think it, it just helps me understand Steven Spielberg's now view on his mom, which is, it's a fascinating view for sure. Um, uh, I want to ask, yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. Go, go, you go. No, I, I want to ask you about uh, Judd Hirsch. Um, I want to ask you two things about Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch shows up in this movie. He's, he's a uh, Sammy's a uh, great uncle. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to ask you like, have you ever had, a moment in your life where like somebody was just like hey by the way it's gonna be a difficult thing for you to choose between one thing or another yes okay <laughs> you and maybe, maybe the, no i no, i and, and i guess maybe more of like from like a jewish standpoint um of just like hey by the way like your faith has to come into play here um and have, uh, like, nothing is, as is that something de- that you faced nothing as definitive in the way that okay. this movie's presenting it for sure no <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, where not it's like hey by the way it's gonna really tear at you aaron but like you know your faith is like to your family and it should be to temple but at the same time like your art is your art it's like i wonder if aaron has, has that's i literally thought that i was like i wonder if aaron has had a discussion with one of his uncles about this so yeah, nothing, nothing nearly as intense as what's going on okay. uh, here. As far as Judd Hirsch goes, um, our friends at the Battleship Retention podcast they host their about their uh, BP awards every year, as far as end of year awards mm-hmm. go. And one of their one of my favorite categories, I think I think it's their favorite category too, is the uh, Bruce McGill and the Insider Award for Best Performance Under Ten Minutes. Um, <laughs> it's Bruce a, McGill, because yeah, he has that amazing out. scene in the Insider yes. where he comes in and just rules. <laughs> Um, so they named a category after him. And he's that's in a, a lot of he's in a lot of Michael Mann films. He is for sure. But uh, that's basically a you know great like one scene performances right. essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, Judd Hirsch and one other actor, this one that I won't mention, um, are like competing <laughs> for this award. <laughs> like, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, I know be, who you're yeah, talking about. If you've seen this movie, you know. Um, fun, but, fun cameos. Yeah. But uh, but Judd Hirsch comes into this thing. Yeah, like midway through the movie. And just destroys this movie like right. It's I think like, he's on screen for like ten minutes. Literally, yeah. No, I've timed. Yeah. I've watched well, the second time I watched oh, it. You I did. Timed it. it is literally ten minutes. Like he wow. comes in yeah. for ten minutes of this movie and just crushes everything. It, he yeah. is a wonderful character. He's full of life. He has a lot of humor to him, but he also brings a lot of 
understanding and establishment of like certain life-based stakes and the way yeah. he communicates with Sammy. Um, I just, I, I, utter, I was utterly fascinated by, I think he's amazing in this movie. The fact that he's, uh, you know, in the conversation for best supporting actor, I think is well-earned. Is it really? Okay. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's not, it is of course not the uh, size of the performance, but the, you know, quality of it. And this is yeah. exactly what a supporting performance can be as far as what you can do with that amount of time. That's right. Yeah. Take a look at Anthony Hopkins, uh, science of the lamps, right? Yeah, well, eating actor uh, apparently. <laughs> so um... <laughs> <laughs> Helped him sweep those categories. I think the, the thing about the Jatursh thing, that um my observations were is oh at, at first i was like i don't know what's happening here because it's set up in this very eerie uh tone and then it happens and i was like well judd hirsch he's kind of like a, a comedic actor to some degree uh and then he he flips a switch and i was like i see the importance of this character now for this movie because at first, I was like, I don't know what this tone of this movie is. Not not that I wasn't paying attention, more just the scene here. Is this supposed to be played for laughs, or is there something to this? And is he going to be a character that I'm going to be seeing on the screen for the, the the rest of this movie? But no, he just pops in, you know, shoots like, you know, 10 of 12, you know, for 25 points, and, uh, and then he leaves. So uh, it is very, it is quite a weighty performance, and... Um, he actually even got me in in his scene where he's like, "You've never seen, you've never seen uh, the uh, sleep on the floor, or rip a shirt before." <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but he's like, "Yeah, like you've never seen somebody like uh, I forget what the the term he uses, but yeah, yeah." It's like this is actually a really really good good Judd Hirsch performance, and um, so I, I just want to ask you about that because it, it's such a particular scene too. Like, and it, it's after that again, it just goes back to to young Sammy kind of just doing his thing. But it's um, it's impressive to see like how much Jew per minute he's putting into this performance as well. <laughs> like, you can like, say that, not me. He's, he's doing that a lot, like Independence Day for sure. He's like he's like nobody. How much, no, yeah, how no much Jew can, can we, I put? Not in ever this? make me perfect. Yeah. <laughs> how much Jew can I put in this performance? And it's that. Like that Steven Spielberg was just like I I hired you because I saw you in Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's made a career out of being a jewish actor <laughs> like it's, it's old... i've never seen taxi but it's, you know, it's maybe... very much his his shtick like his, he knows <laughs> how to like to to milk the yiddish and what have you and, and do what he needs to do um so yeah the fact that he only has 10 minutes to convey a whole lot um for yeah. this uh fairly conservative jewish family um is uh great <laughs> like, I love, love seeing it. by the way hate the failments uh probably the best uh, hanukkah film of all time uh so you got that going for you I mean, um, he got a train. He got a train car for every day of Hanukkah. I like that he got like that's such a kid thing where he actually got a gift for every single day. That's not, that's not a thing that as an adult I you haven't you haven't done that you haven't gotten that since we, we don't we, I I'm not getting a gift every for all eight days anymore. <laughs> that's not a thing. You um, just get the final gift and the one be- and the first gift. Yeah. It's certainly like it all now. It's just like it all lumps together on one day. Um, <laughs> Here you go. Here's yeah. a lump sum payment of all the all the gifts. So um, after that, we have Seth Rogen as uh, Benny. Yes. Uh, the best friend of Paul Dano and uh, and uh, the quote-unquote uncle to the family. Yeah. Um, I think he is similarly playing it very understated. Um, and much like Steve Jobs, just feels like a really solid supporting presence that's not overwhelming the film in any way. It comes in. It, it's more on the sidelines uh, than you might expect. Um but when like he needs to be involved, I think he brings the right kind of energy to this movie. What do you think of Seth Rogen here? I, 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 you took the words out of your mouth. I was like, I was reminded of Steve Jobs here of just this. Uh, I wasn't blown away by his acting because I know that he can do dramatic work, sure. but it's it's such as like like what we were talking about with Michelle Williams. It's like this tightrope of 
Well, you've got to be this guy that is not really an uncle to the family because everyone says that every time you say that you're an uncle. Um, but at the same time, you're, you've got to play the serious side of things too because you are our core piece of this movie. And uh, that's what makes it very fascinating to see Seth Rogen kind of just transform into this guy who's like, you know, like we don't actually know much about Benny, uh, meaning like we don't know what he does for work. We, we know where he works. But there are some points where you know we basically even... know that he he does Dano's job, but but worse. Exactly, but <laughs> worse. Yeah, worse. that's that's what I found fascinating is like later in the movie, Paul Dano's like, I can't take him with me. He's not as good as I am. You know what I mean? And it's like that that's a really fascinating thing that they never like actually talk about because, um, as as we are in the vehicle of Sammy, Sammy wouldn't know that either. You know what I mean? So that's actually a really cool way that you wrote the script of just like we don't have to tell everybody about every aspect of these people. We can only tell people what you remember about these people at that time. And so it's it's kind of just cool to see again the not not unraveling, but like the peeling way of layers of like this person that we've seen on the screen here who is a jokester, uh, like a, a nice guy, um, uh, a family friend, and then like you just maybe he's not a great worker. Maybe he is kind of like um like a mooch or what have you you know it, it's i, I imagine he's that. also good in the room you know bert's such a technical person benny's probably really good at you know laying out what he's trying yeah. to say in a moment which is yeah, not a, it, not it really an unusual tool to have <laughs> totally yeah and it breaks my heart or it broke my heart when i when i heard um mitzi giving her speech at the end there about just uh her husband right you know with bert and and how he uh he he's just he kills you with kindness kind of thing. That was a really good uh, moment to of introspection from from Spielberg. But yeah, I mean like the the Benny character, he he's there, but he's also not there. And then like his final sequence, I was just like, this is it's it's what I expected. Like it, it's a good performance from some from Seth Rogen. IBM. That's where guys like Bert are figuring out how to use what he's made to. They're going to change the whole goddamn world, so this was the right decision. For all sorts of reasons. Yeah, so I'm happy for you. You know I am. But I'm going to miss you. All of you, a lot. You think whatever bad things you want about me, kiddo, but you stop making movies. It'll break your mother's heart. You will break her heart, I mean it. She doesn't deserve that, not from anybody, at least of all from you. The uh, second half of this film I already mentioned is where Sammy is more in control of the narrative. And so we get That's more right. of his high school life, uh, which deals with bullies, girlfriends, and what have you. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on like the various aspects of this, but I do want to point out one scene that just like works for me so well, which is... Okay. Which is... Um, I don't want to tilt because it's it's not like I mean it's not like spoilers in this movie, but like I don't want to delve too far into it just for the sake of not delving too far into it. But there is a sequence where Sammy puts on one of his films, and you have a reaction from a character, and the film does a of what I think is a magnificent job of editing, where it's showing oh, you course. the film and then showing you a reaction that's taking place. Yeah. And I, I just I found it so masterful in conveying something that's not even exact it's just more of you're getting multiple ideas of what's going on right now and it's all being done through looks that are being given to a thing being presented to somebody and then the confrontation that takes place after this um, is so loaded with a number of things 
um yeah. wh- whether they be uh guilt pride uh even like sexual confusion to some degree right. I mean, there's, yes there's there's a lot there that i just found to be up just a and the, and the fact that it closes on this idea of uh, and I'll never, I'll never put this in a movie. Um, <laughs> yes. It's just, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like I don't yeah. know, I don't know entirely how true that stuff is. And for the most part, right. for the most part, the big stuff that happens is basically true. But the fact that this is like one of these many kind of sequences taking place in the movie, I found to be pretty great. Yeah, they're. Uh, I don't know his name. I just called him Casper Van Dien's uh, son. He does. He gave. Not... He does give me a Casper Van Dien vibe. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he looks exactly like a 1990s Casper Van Dien. So uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, which is like fitting. He's like, you know, it's this Aryan youth theme, which was exactly the idea for like Starship Troopers to begin with. So, <laughs> so again, Spielberg and his casting director are doing a good job. But I, in terms of the second half of this movie, that's kind of where things become a little bit more like I, I was pretty engaged because, again, all the pieces had been set and now they're slowly being knocked down because they move from uh, uh, Phoenix to uh, California. And yeah. then they like, a lot of things happen, like you finally get uh, to Spielberg kind of like in his school Um or Sammy, I, I gotta stop saying stop saying Spielberg, but you kind of get to Sammy at his school where we've never really seen that before. You know, we've never seen him in school in junior high or what have you. He's always just like in the scouts, you know, being yeah. Indiana Jones. Um, but I I I like that now there is this I've grown up a little bit as the character. Um, and so things have hurt me, and so I didn't want to do filming anymore. I didn't want to do that. Um and now he's just like, well, I'm good at this, and people people like what I do. I liked when he played the movie for the Senior Ditch Day movie that he made, mm-hmm. and he just like puts his his heads in his hands. I'm like, th- I'm sure that this is exactly how Spielberg feels, where he's just like, I can't believe I'm going to show this movie about my life and just tell them about it. I guess I'll just wait for them to like w- wait for it to be over, and so people can kind of just uh, give me some some reaction and feedback. Well, also, but, I mean, there's other like drama taking place in his head like at that of course point, yeah. like <laughs> i forget who his girlfriend is but she's so good like talk about another like scene stealing moment the actress uh, is like, a chloe east who plays monica. chloe east yeah plays monica yeah monica his his uh his christian girlfriend um which i that was the most that i laughed in a sequence is like uh but I, I i dug all of that because again it becomes more complex as we move through it not just because Sammy is older, but because there's a lot of moving pieces with his parents, you know, whether their marriage is failing or whether it's just like on the rocks or what have you. Um, his sisters are, are kind of growing too, but there there is like a good emotional outburst sequence with his sisters at one point. Um, and again, Michelle Williams and Paul Dana are just like having to like play a larger part in this now. Uh, and I I think that it's a really neat way of showing like, the Judd Hurst stuff, you know what I mean? Like, if you the results of what he was saying, yes, the results of what he was saying, yeah. So, like, if 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 this art has led you down this pathway, then perhaps you should just keep going with the art because the pathway you're already on it. You can't dismiss this pathway that you're on, and some of this pathway you were was never in your control anyway, right? So, and I know I'm kind of being vague there, but Aaron knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, and people that have seen the movie know what I'm talking about. So it's just a, a really interesting way of just. Well, let me embrace like this pain through my art, and therefore I would just get through it, kind of thing. So, 
Um, I'm curious what your what your take on the second half was. I, I'm leaving out like that last third of like college though. But that I mean that's that's like a denouement essentially. That's like ten minutes. Yeah. But I I hear you as far yeah it's yeah as far as like this yeah his kind of high school adolescence age like I. I mean, again, this movie's brilliant to me. So it's like, yeah, I, I I was getting a certain kind of thing in the first half as far as this, you know, younger version-ish and just certain levels of discovery. And now being more of a straightforward high school movie, what? yeah, there's so much to admire here about these, you know, the way these performances are working for me and the way we're, the way we're seeing what we need to see. There's, Right. For being such a long movie, I don't feel like there's any fat on it. It feels like the things that I it's a good observation need to understand about what Sammy's going through are the things that are being shown to me. We're not we're, we're maybe in school, but it's not like we're spending time in class. We're not spending time exactly with yeah. certain other things. It's more of what's the focus? The bullies. What else? The girls in his life. What else? This drama of whether or not he's going to use a you know film make a movie again. Like there, there's right. it's it, even like the school year itself. Like he's coming in at a certain time. I didn't of know the he year. was in senior year. <laughs> he's coming in at a certain time of the year, but the film's not concerned of like you know spelling it out for you as exactly. far as when this is, when the prom yeah. is, when ditched it. Like yeah, it, it's exactly. just it's giving you. And this goes to like what I was talking about earlier, where like I it just he just becomes like a vehicle for us to be in these experiences. You know. It's, so anyway, it, yeah. it's giving you those highlights that matter. Um, right. and uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I appreciate all of it because it's playing off of like what I want out of this movie, but also again, yeah. it's just really entertaining. Like it is very funny. Um, mm -hmm. there is, you know, elements of drama and things that you just, you know, don't want to have happen. You don't want to see any Semitic stuff taking place at a school with these bullies at the same time. I'm also thinking there's going to be some form of retribution that I'll get to be quite satisfied with, which there is, and I am, and it, and it <laughs> yeah. work, and it can, and it and it works out in ways that I found even more fascinating because of loaded things taking place towards the end there. So it's there, yeah. There's a lot that works um, as far as how do you build off of an idea that you've seen in movies before, as far as kid in high school. Yeah, and I can't prove this, but I I want like I want this to be true in my head. Is like I like that you know he Zemeckis and um uh I Lucas? can't believe I'm I'm yeah Lucas like they're all they're all really good friends so I again I would love for this to be true of like hey the house that I shot at where they're they're first coming to California it's just my callback to Back to the Future um, that's uh, George McFly's house and then the dance that's my callback to Enchantment Under the Sea even though it's actually not Enchantment Under the Sea so again not proven uh but I love that Spielberg has always lifted up his friends in his movies. And vice versa, you know, Spiel, or Lucas and and, and uh, Zemeckis have lifted up everybody uh, in their own films as well. So um, I, I would like for that to be true, even though... I hear what you're saying. I mean, most of them are all, like, college friends. At the <laughs> like, they're all, like, they, like the USC thing or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Scorsese and, and Coppola coming in eventually in various forms or whatnot. Like, it... <laughs> the one that gets me is, like, they're in that summer... In that Ditch Day movie, um, there's, like, the redhead that gets, like, bird shitting in his mouth like that's the, the gag it's not actually the um the kid that's really proud of it he's really proud of it and everything I'm oh like, yeah, yeah okay uh -huh. and my thought is there's an age difference but i'm like is that ron howard uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, is that like an ode to his friend ron <laughs> that's that's what goes through my mind <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised this is yeah, the way he, he, way he looks like um what's his face in happy days uh, just, uh <laughs> yeah i can't remember his name either but i know who you're talking richie about. Yeah. um but uh um, richie yeah yeah but it's just like, like, again, it's just, you know, 
He's so pumped up that he got some ice cream in his mouth that, you know, substituted a bird shit. Like, it's just, you know, it's white suburbs, so it's going to be some red yeah, yeah. and whatnot. But it's still like, <laughs> it's hard not to think of this. It's hard not to think of American graffiti. Um, <laughs> Which makes sense. Uh, so I think a uh, question for you on, yeah. uh, as, we're, as we're sort of like toward the endish here uh, of the entire movie. Like, for Spielberg, do you think that this is one of his best? It it is currently in my top ten of Spielberg. Uh, yes, oh, okay. I, I think yeah. it is. It, it far it it exceeds others that I greatly like as well, and that's not okay. an easy thing to do. So yes, yeah. I mean I I do think it's a terrific accomplishment for him in a filmography that is wildly impressive. <laughs> sure, quite quite yeah, quite a wide array. Uh, like I had already, like, I believe friend of the show Scott Meadows submitted a tweet saying like offhand I believe this might be Spielberg's best film since Munich I'm inclined to agree so mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's you know that's 2005 so it's uh, right. it's been a minute but you did love you know Mark Rylance in that hat so. Mark Rylance where's that hat we haven't even talked about <laughs> we haven't talked about Bones and all yet but man he's wearing that hat in that movie he's got he's got he's got the uh, the hat from uh, Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Uh, Doctor Sleep. I forget. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Doesn't Rebecca Rebecca Ferguson? Does she have a hat like that too? She's she's called literally the um. What's her name? The hat. Um. Uh, she's called the hat in the movie. Her name. Her name is um, Lady in the Hat or something. It's it's a first name in hat. Hold on, let me find oh, it because it's, it's very know. specific. Cat, no, it's Rose. It's Rose the Hat. That's her name. That's how she introduces herself. I'm Rose the Hat. I'm Rose the Hat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this has been a good year for hat movies. You know, this. Uh, I'm sorry, Mark Rylance and Bones and All, which we haven't talked about yet. And then uh, Ethan Hawke in uh, um, the the black phone, you know, he's some good hats here. Terrifier too as Art the Clown. He wears a little hat. Like I he's mean, got a little of... a little teeny hat. Yeah, he's got a little hat. Yeah, this is a... yeah. Uh, uh, another question here for you, just in terms of like being the engrossing, encompassing Spielbergness of it. Um, did you find yourself maybe thinking differently about uh, his family now, like, or have you already known some of the things that have been portrayed uh, in this movie? I mean, I didn't have some kind of like overall opinion on him and his family in, in that way before this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just more of, you know, you hear various things or whatnot, but it's not like something that seeped into my system as I definitively know this about Spielberg beyond the fact that For his sure. parents got divorced. Like that's something that yeah. I very much know just because that's just a key ingredient in Spielberg at right, this right. point. So it's more like, you know, given how this is a movie about him by him. I just have a definitive take <laughs> as far as mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm, you know, poised to think about what Spielberg's life is like. This is certainly a you know a way to have informed me in a in a in a you know pretty specific way. So. Mm-hmm. And then, did you think of any other like biopics where you're just like, man, this is just as good as those? I, I didn't really have one that came to mind because, again, this is a very unique way of yourself shooting your own biopic. Um, so I was just curious if you had anything that was like, oh, you should check out this one, Abe. I mean, we've had a number of those, of though, honestly. We've had, you know, you have... Um, stories we tell? I mean, Well, yes, stories we tell, but like Roma or Boyhood. I mean, there's there's plenty of directors that have made films about their eight and Boyhood is about Richard Linklater? It, I mean, it's it's that and what's it? Uh, Apollo 11 and a half are very just... Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That, is, that one especially is very much inspired yeah, yeah. by a lot of his life. But I mean, those are movies uh-huh. that are... Semi-autobiographical. Cameron Cr- almost famous. I mean, they're almost they're, famous. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, you're bringing you're bringing I mean, things to mind now. They're they're. I mean, even Days of Confused. As far Richard Leggard has done a lot of like stuff that just fits into his that life. Is, yeah. yeah, but even I mean, when uh, I think about those, it kind of still hits the same point that you and I made earlier. Of just they are, you know, looks into these people, but the, 
This one feels different too. Uh, well, I'd say. So. I mean, I'd say all of those films are are different from each other. Minari, um, <laughs> uh, Squid and the Whale. Like these are all films that are distinct in yeah, their own. Squid right. and the Whale. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean Minari is a great one too. Mm-hmm. But like Squid and the Whale about divorce. Like yeah, that, that hits home. Like I, I understand your question. It's it's more of yes, it certainly ranks up and if not exceeds many films as far as these kind of semi-autobiographical takes. But what I like about these films that I've mentioned is that they do feel unique from each other to begin with. There's not, you know, I'm not not going to look at Roma and look at boyhood and try to say which one's better. It's just more of, I like that Roma is Roma and boyhood is boyhood, you know? Yeah, Uh, totally. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying you're accusing me of this. I'm just saying that's the the regard that I have for for these kinds of movies. And I I would actually find it boring if Spielberg did direct this in some way that we had seen before, where you and I would not have praised him for, for sure, the direction that you took, and that's why. Like, oh, this is actually pretty boring. You know, and that's, like, it's that, pretty, it's pretty straightforward. And that's why I anticipated this film so much because I knew it wouldn't be that. Because it's like, well, if Spielberg's going to do this movie, he's going to bring whatever he needs to, to make it feel special, and he did. Yeah. In my eyes, I, I, I want to throw the question back at you as far as like its place in Spielberg's canon. Like, do you, do you would you put? I mean, I know you said. Uh, I mean, you know, we've had this conversation. You have, you'll have yeah, time yeah. to think about it or what have you. But where would you put this? Fairly high, or would you put this? Where would you put this? You know, I'm curious because I haven't seen his full filmography. I was thinking about this as we, uh, as I watched this movie. I was like, oh, I'm glad that Aaron watched like Duel and his TV, his, his early movies, like 19 something, 1940. I watched that. Yeah, I watched 1941 and Always. 41 like, and Always. Yeah, and, and you know, I I think you were just like, yeah, you could see that he's like young in those. Um, but I I'm curious to see uh the full filmography because as I go through it, like you know. This is certainly an accomplishment, you know, about where he is with his age and how much power sure. and um, what you call it, like uh, knowledge he's amassed through the the decades. Mm-hmm. So you do see this, and you you compare it to his last feature, which was um, West Side a Story. phenomenal movie. Yeah. yeah, like nobody saw it in theaters, which is a, a real shame. You know, people saw it on Disney Plus, and they're like, "This is great." I was like, "This is a, a huge bummer because this is a phenomenal movie with West Side Story." So it's really cool to see him leap out and go to this level. I I do like it. I just don't know it, where it fits. Cause like if I were to, I can't even go through like a top 10 right now, but like, I certainly know like his top movies in my mind. Like, I guess this would might fit in the top 10. Like I he's made a lot of it. movies. It's fair. It's a fair, it's a fair thing. If you don't have it already, cause I have it on yeah. my box. I've already like, listed it out. So no, it's totally, like I know but, where it is, but like, he's made a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he, he, it, it, he has made a lot of movies, but also like, you definitely know the ones that like maybe quote unquote are lesser than right. Where it's like, yeah, I probably wouldn't like put the lost world in my top 10. Right. Or I, I probably wouldn't put like, you know, I, I do like Warhorse though, but I don't know if it's top ten. We, it might be like we, top fourteen. We, since doing this podcast, we've talked about Tin Tin, Warhorse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, the BFG, the Post, Ready Player One, West Side Story, and the Table. <laughs> it's like yeah, this guy exactly. just so, fucking making movies. It's <laughs> a lot, yeah. And uh, obviously, some of them are are lesser uh, valued than others, but there's always something that. What I was going to say is that we we like most of those movies a lot, not just a little, a lot. We really like Tintin. We really like Warhorse. I don't really know what like the Lincoln. hate is on Tintin. They're just like I don't know. I just didn't like the animations. Like I was like, this is amazing. He co-directed this with uh, Peter Jackson. Like, this is great. What are you talking about? Like Andy Serkis is doing great work here. So like if I would the, say that if I, the BFG is like not your best thing, it's like who cares? Like it's fine. Like look at these amazing yeah. movies that you're making all the time. Right. So I, I would be curious because there are definitely like those 
the classics, you know, that I do watch over and over and over again, like Jurassic Park. Uh, but I don't, I don't like really go back and revisit Schindler's List for, for I think for obvious reasons. Not that it's not a, it, it's a great movie, but just the subject matter and like how dark it is, and it's very difficult to like be like, let me go watch that and like Twelve Years a Slave back to back. You know, well, that's I mean? why it makes like an interesting list to develop to be exactly because you have to yeah. base it on a number of factors, right? And it's, that's everybody's right. list is their own personal thing. It's like I play Schindler's List very high, but I obviously don't watch it nearly as much as other Spielberg. That's movies. right. Yeah. <laughs> That that's exactly the same way. It's like you know, I like Munich a lot. It's it's actually but uh, it's actually grown on me quite a bit since I've seen it. Uh, just for what Spielberg is saying, this movie, like how he's portraying the violence in it, um, like ultimately, like even how Eric Bana's character ends up at the end there with Jeffrey Rush, kind of just talking about things in New York. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, See, it Munich is my very... Munich is my number three. Like it's it's wow. Jaws Raiders Munich. Like I I think Munich is brilliant, and it's also very yeah. watchable. <laughs> like I I can it I, is I, yeah. I can put that a lot more easy than than Schindler's List. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know Schindler's List, great score, great cinematography, you know, great acting from even uh, Ray Fiennes. Yeah, <laughs> like great villain, but at the same time, like it's just a heavy subject matter. So it's heavy, and it's three it's, hours. I mean, it's like what am I gonna do? I, I don't <laughs> mind the runtime. It, it's just more I don't mind, like, but it's like you know what you know. <laughs> You're you're an adult with things to do. When are you being like? Let me casually watch Schindler's List. <laughs> you cannot do that. Yeah, you can't just casually watch like this beautiful artistry at work here. What's you know? on? Uh, then... What's on? What's on? Uh, WGN right now? Oh, Schindler's List. Huh? <laughs> with, Schindler's List with, with commercials. Let me do this. Let me just let me just let me just absorb myself. Have you ever had a problem with your Ziploc bags and then like you cut to like the girl in the pink and uh, the pink coat being carried out? It's like this is awful. But no, yeah, that's a good question. I would say that I have to think about that. But it it certainly like if I were to, to rank it and then do all the um like the items that I would do for it, like I, I have to watch it again too. Like I, I think that the repeat the repeatability is something that I would factor into this movie as well, just because I, I find it fascinating. But yeah, it's a good question. I, I have another question for you here, sure. which is just like on the award circuit side of things. Um Certainly is a buzz-worthy movie. You talked about Judd Hirsch. We talked about Michelle Williams here. Um, is do you think that that the Academy is gonna be like here? You go, Stephen. Best picture and best director, or like where? What are the categories? Would you think that this would might be a strong chance in? Yeah, we just talked with uh, Matt Neglia uh, last week about awards, yeah. and um, he was saying Spielberg is basically guaranteed. Um, I've inclined guaranteed. To, I, I, I mean, I. I, I he was saying it's just not even close, and I'm inclined to agree. I just yeah. I I feel like he's at that point where, despite having won two already, you know, having been on the board, he's on the board often, but been on the board last year for West Side Story, and not getting it, um, it just opens this up to being like, well, like what else has this guy got to do? He's made this kind of definitive coming of age tale about himself, um whether it's a swan song or not, because he's still got movies to make or whatever. Like it's, yeah, he's, 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 I mean, he's got a, he's making a movie in the bullet universe next. So it's like, great, cool. Let's see what that is. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, I think that, I'm not going to say it's sewn up for Spielberg for director, but like, that's the, that's the thing I would award this. <laughs> like that's, that's the, if there's like one award this movie gets, it's for, you know, for best direction. Um, and that would make three for best director, right? That would be, that would be his third. Yes. Um yeah. and it's you know pretty pretty awesome, but it's like it, it, and I'm still like <laughs> tabulating what I my top ten and things and, and mm-hmm. it's other directors that are certainly worthy of the the thing. But as far as like 
the potential for this movie goes like you know it's all the categories right like it, it you know it would be it will be in the picture domination it'll be a director you'll have a screenplay in there you'll have all of the technicals because it's a great looking and sounding movie right so it'll, it'll have editing and cinematography john williams always gets nominated so why why here uh, you know, art direction, what have like, it's going to have all those things. I'll be curious, I guess, about the acting stuff. Like Williams is mm-hmm. going to be nominated for, I I guess, lead is what they're positioning her as. Interesting. Um, it'll be neat if Judd Hirsch makes it in there. Um, the actor category is, there's not a guarantee right now beyond like a couple that'll very likely be in there. So who knows? Maybe young Gabrielle LaBelle will like some, uh, somehow uh, make his way. <laughs> I mean, he know. does carry a lot of the movie because he comes in like after the, what, 18 minute mark or something? Pretty and much, yeah. The rest just, of the way. Yeah, so it's... Uh, it, I mean, even, even into like frazzle-haired Spielberg. So. Yeah, so I mean, this is, this is very easily like, you know, a, a 10 nominee feature. Like this is one of those heavy hitters as far as like it's can run every category because it has all the qualifications in it. Okay. Whether or not it wins all of those, that's, you know, remains to be seen, obviously, but I, I don't, I don't think this is, you know, going out without getting a ton of nominations. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to have silver just be like here, like, you know, uh, King me again for, for best picture and best director. Uh, Cause sometimes you guys have uh, shut me out here where it's like, I, I mean, maybe, to some movies, I, I'd have to think back on the years there, but it's like there's certain movies where like I think Spielberg made a better movie than than this movie, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm curious about the the best actress or best supporting actress race too, because well for the Oscars, it's nice to have Michelle Williams for, for the Oscars. Okay. It's actress that she's being that's they they she's running as actress. That's what they're that's what they're putting her in. That is okay. what they're that's what Universal is doing with her. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, but. At the same time, like I don't know who's in that category, but I know that they're Blanchett. probably two strong contenders. Blanchett yeah, exactly. That <laughs> That's the I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I, was like, I don't know the rest of it, but I know the two of them will be probably Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. It's it. And I mean, Michelle Yeoh will be that'd be for... really neat to see if if that happens. Um, yeah. But for the guarantees, it's Blanchett, Williams, and seemingly Daniel Deadweiler and Till. Like those are the. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So it's tough because she's been nominated like a handful of times. Uh, Williams, yeah, won. Williams has been up yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so Blanchett has two. Kind of a shame. So, I mean. And Blanchett, yeah, exactly. But you know, she she is great in tar. So, uh, in any case, yeah, I just want to quickly get your thoughts on that. Okay, so with the I appreciate it, of course. And the the last thing I want to just briefly mention, um, I'm not going to dig into it at all beyond just saying this ending is hilarious and my one of my favorite endings I've seen in a movie in a long time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think the ending is absolutely fabulous as far as what it's doing. I appreciated that Steven Spielberg has a sense of humor about himself because uh, there's a nice little visual trick that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I liked I liked it because it's basically like it doesn't have to go into like Spielberg is like a 50 year old man now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's by the fireplace. And it's like, oh, I'm having dinner with my parents. Like, it's just like, you know what happens re- the rest of the way. We're like, let me just end this in a way that is like whimsical and lighthearted. And uh, it's pretty. It's actually a pretty like great thing. Like I, I really dig the cameo. I also dig um, the way that uh, he's just like on the lot. He's like on the Universal lot. So yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about the Fablemans. When should people go and see this movie? You know, this is actually even though I didn't super love it, uh, this is a theater movie. Like the reason being is because Steven Spielberg is a guy who is a putting his like his life on film for you to go see. But also be like what you and I just talked about. 
there's a lot of really, really good technical things about this movie. Like, again, lighting, sound design, whatever the case is, like a lot, even editing, like we talked about earlier. There's a lot of really good things that you should go and check out of this movie. Like, you might not have the same affection for it, but this certainly is worthy of, of your eyes in a dark room, unbothered by your phone. Yeah. The, um, you know, Spielberg's been making populist entertainment throughout his career. Um, here's one where it does not need to involve a variety of, you know, fantastical or sci-fi elements, and it's still just as entertaining in my eyes. There's not a reason to not go and see a movie like this if you like seeing movies that are, you know, inspiring and wonderful in theaters. Uh, so, yeah, see it in the theater while you can. That's my While you can. <laughs> um, That's the biggest key. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 rolling. I mean, it's it's rolling out. It's only in so many theaters right now, yeah. um, and it'll expand, and hopefully, it'll find more of an audience before it goes to VOD very soon. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Who streams for Universal? Peacock, of course. Oh, okay. All but right. that's streaming. Well, just... It'll be it'll be on VOD before it goes to Peacock. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we did it. And by the time it gets to like Oscar stages, it'll get, you know, it'll be back in theaters. Probably it'll get, re-released. It'll yeah. be re-released for sure. And it'll get that, you know, that post-Oscar or pre-Oscar bump as far as the bot with all the films that are getting nominated for that. Yeah. Kind of thing. And then people will be like, oh my gosh, did you know this about Steven Spielberg? like, yes, I watched the movie when it was released and I have known about Steven Spielberg for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that said, that's been our review of The Fablements. Um, and that's going to do it for this bonus episode about Not Theron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for Leland Entertainment and Why So Blue, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find, you find more of my stuff over my Instagram, abe.mool, and twitter.com slash wallersreviews. Hashtag, uh, what was the name of the movie that they were first watching? The the Man Who Shot Liberty The Greatest Balance. Show on Earth? Oh, The Greatest Show on Earth, yeah. Okay. Yeah, hashtag The Greatest Show on Earth. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can find all the other episodes of our podcast on on uh, iTunes, Audio, Spotify, and Stitcher. Yeah, we're we're on the internet. We're on there. Yeah, you, you can, can find, find us. All, Google all us. Our, we're on all the socials: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that yeah. as well. Um, yeah, let's see. This has been a bonus, but there's still plenty of others to come because there's been a lot of us uh, movies released. So we still have certainly things to talk about in the coming weeks, uh, which include we're not uh, short on uh, what do we have? Devotion, Strange World, Bones, and all. Uh, Empire of Lights coming soon. We have. Uh, the whale deadly soon. night or something violent uh, night is violent the, night? the main you. at the time of this recording that's the main release of the week we have emancipations coming soon there's there's a lot of things uh yeah. so stay tuned did uh, you mention avatar no because it's that's a given <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> oh sorry sorry that, but yeah there's a ton coming there's gonna be a lot of bonus episodes you might just see us release things like monday and then like wednesday and then friday like it depends yeah so with all that in mind that's gonna do for this bonus episode about now there and abe so until next time so long and we'll see you at the movies <laughs>